making no noise whatsoever. And they go, so Mafia, who do you want to kill? And so you kind of have to just kind of go. Okay. Don't even. Guess who? But, like, ah! they would point at them. <laughs> and they would be like, okay, fine, whatever, Mafia, go back to sleep. Okay, we gotta get this yeah. going, because Andy yeah. and I are on time. Like, yeah! Right, right. All right. That's two minutes after five! They have to leave directly okay, at six. I we start at five. At we, we start at five. That's what the schedule is. We start at five. I come down here early, so we can start at five. Listen. And then... Tony traipsing in here Tony, after five. It, Tony is on desk until I am relieved of being on desk. Hey, what's today? Oh, but it ain't the day I care what you say. So just get here on time. Listen. I'll care tomorrow. This is still not on topic. I yeah. should have brought okay, popcorn. Okay, this is true. Let's get it going. Let's go around. What are we reading, playing, doing whatever? Lord Ish. Yes. Wait. Wait. <laughs> Why is the screech? <laughs> Lord is. Oh! <laughs> yes. Um, I am. What is happening? I'm sorry. It's fine. <laughs> we started the it's, it's, it's the collapse of society. Um, <laughs> but is he wrong? I am reading The Drawing of the Three, Part Two of The Dark Tower by Stephen King. Ah. Um, which I am almost done with. I did not like it at first because it's very different from the first one mm -hmm. in like style and just general vibe. Mm -hmm. However, I, I, I stuck it out and then it got really got really cool with interdimensional stuff, interdimensional cowboys, yada, yada, yada. Okay. Now I'm into it. Okay. So, into it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. My journey was the same for that. Like at beginning, no. Because by the end, I'm like, oh, yes. Because I, I love the flowery language of the first one. Like, I think I described it to Tony. Was it flowery? I thought, it, well, compared to like... Stephen King's usual style. Like, I, I said it was like... Okay, it, okay. It sure. felt like uh, Cormac McCarthy writing El Topo or something, which probably mm -hmm. means something to like five people out there. Yeah, no, but so, I understand they are the Cormac McCarthy. And Tony's one of the things. That's Yeah, so I'm doing that, and then I'm going to have to read Transcendent Kingdom for the book club. Yes. Yep. That's on my list. Right, of you so guys yeah. read that too. That's great. I don't know if I can attend the book club. I picked the actual book. For, oh no! So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm intentionally. <coughs> anyway, that's not the point of today's podcast. I was going to mention something for next month, but whatever, it's fine. Okay. What am I doing? Okay. What am I reading? Um. I will tell you about a book that I read today because I read picture books. So, um, I read a book called Nigel and the Moon by Antoine Edie, who is a Twitter friend, and he is amazing. And that's why I bought the book. I love the book because I read it, and it is beautiful. Um, the illustrations are super fitting. They match the tone of the prose. I mean, it's hard to do that in a picture book and do it well, and I've read some of the best, and this one is up there. It's really good, and just, it's... I, I love it. It's beautiful. It's perfect. So everyone should read Nigel on the Moon or come to the library if you are one of those people who listens to my recommendations and, you know, ask for it because we're getting in. So, yes, that's what I read today. And I will start reading because I have it in my hands. Oh, my God. I will start reading Bitter by Ekweke Imizi, which is the sequel to my number two pick from last year, Pet, which is one of the best books I've read ever. Isn't that the one that's on your your staff picture? Yes, Pet is 
fantastic and the direction that fantasy must go in if it wants to continue to be a valid genre, in my opinion. And bitter, yes, ask me how I really feel about it. I, d- I don't need to. Yes, I don't. <laughs> and bitter is the sequel, and it's about Pet's, not Pet's mom, but the main character's mom from Pet, and I'm just like, what? So, that's what I'm doing. Aaron! Uh, so, I've been playing a lot of things recently. Um, so, first off, by the time this podcast ends, the new update for <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077 is finally finished downloading on my computer, which I'm super excited about because they've added a whole bunch of like actual things that they really should have added in the first place, but they didn't. Um, so, I'm super excited about it. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I have been playing, I played a game this past week called Lemon Cake. And um, it's actually it's actually really cute. It's really it adorable. adorable. It is adorable. <laughs> um, it's definitely got that um, the graphic styles that old N sixty four style vibes to it. Oh, I um, dig it. And you are. You can be whoever you want. Like, there's no real gender restrictions on it at all. By the way, when you're making your character, um, it's like real life. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> and you have entered into this bakery that is in shambles and ruin and you run into a ghost who actually used to own this bakery and you have to help the ghost uh, revitalize, rework, fix Stop. up her bakery to in order to ma- help her in the game like you can continue playing afterwards but the ultimate goal of the game is she was really sad because when she died she can't make her favorite lemon cake so you have to upgrade your bakery enough to where you can make her the perfect lemon cake. I, love I want um, to just die from the cute. And then, meanwhile, at the same time, complete 180 from what I'm acting from that game. I'm you? also playing a game called Strange Horticulture, and Strange Horticulture okay. is a detective mystery. Uh, I was about to say, is it shop? Little shop? But no. So it's like a shop, like game. You own a shop. You have been left a shop by your father who died. I think it's your father. I'm, don't quote sure. me on that. Um, and all you have been left with is his collection of plants. And you have to find and catalog all of them inside the shop in order to help the shop thrive. And You mean to tell me that as a person who catalogs professionally, you then go home to <laughs> catalog unprofessionally? Yeah. Oh. But except it's not it's exactly, unwinding. It's, it's actually not just cataloging. Sure. It's actually a detective mystery game that's disguised as a cataloging shop game. I mean, we can kill someone and leave them in the library and you can uh, Don't detect. say it on tape. <laughs> okay, I will take I, that part out. I don't want to be actual Nancy Drew Okay, over for here. the FBI agent that is listening to this podcast on Thursday afternoon. Hello, NSA agent. We are literally agent. just joking. Wouldn't it be uh, great if that one random listener like in no. California shows up and he says he flashes the badge? No. Oh, God. <laughs> Why is it California? I don't want to know. Because it's it, uh, only, making it seem like it's farther away seems cooler. I've only just started it, so I'm kind of happy because you can identify new plants. You can pet your cat. Oh, um, you can also join cats. a coven or a cult. Okay. All and so I am down for that. I am excited. I have no idea what's about to happen in this game. I just started it, like, last night. Nice. So uh, we'll find out. So. Yes. Did you have a question? Oh, I was just going to say, for some reason, it makes me think of Hot Fuzz. <laughs> like, like like that plant store and everybody's in a cult. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Jen. I have been 
reading, I feel very slowly by my standards, but probably still very normally by everyone else's standards. <laughs> but that's what happens when I'm supposed to be learning my lines, and also I got sucked in by a fan fiction idea the other day. Oh, and didn't no! didn't stop until I produced 4,300 words this morning. So, Yeeks. there's a fan fiction idea, and you haven't told me about well, it? Well, you don't watch Call the Midwife, so you don't care. That's fine. I, mean, I would read it Neither do anyways. I, but you told me about it. That's because I tell you all my updates on Call the Midwife. Okay, that's true. You entice do. you to keep watching. Yes, it's true. I have. Yes, that's fair. <laughs> yes. Yes. But anyways, I am rereading <laughs> Nicola Yoon's Instructions for Dancing. Oh. I am dreading the bit near the end where Nicola does her thing where she, like, twists the knife in a way you did not see coming. Because she's Nicola Yoon and she hates us. Yeah, because yeah. it's gonna... I know it's coming, and it's still gonna hurt. Oh. There's... So the, the main character can see what's going to happen to two people's relationship if they kiss in front of her and they are truly actively in love. So then when she kisses her love interest, when they're properly actually in love for the first time, plot twist! Uh, she can't. Ouch. I don't know why I'm ouching, but I mean, I think, think I can do Ouch. <laughs> think Tiffios. <laughs> if anyone could see Tony's face right now. <laughs> Andy, what are you reading? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Right now. What are you listening to? Nothing. Wow. Right now. You're in the void. What are you I'm, playing? Oh, you're in the void. I mean, carry on. It's not even a negative void. I'm just no, like, no, no. Yeah, no. Because you know how I've been complaining the past couple months about all the stuff I have to listen to. Yes, right Andy's been complaining to us about reading. Library. <laughs> 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 you know how it is when I you know how it is when you have to read something. Like it, say, like uh, when you're if in you're your uh, literature classes, something. you have yeah. to read stuff versus getting down to you know I don't know what, what that you feels want. Like because I never read so like it. I'm in that little void of like I'm emptying my mind for a few days. I no. need the urge to yeah like I have like, things I want to read or listen to. Empty. And this is when you mindlessly wind. play oh, the switch. <laughs> like this is I, when you just mindlessly. I play am. The I'm actually playing Baldur's Gate. I bought the yes! Baldur's Gate one and two for the Nintendo Switch. It was on sale. I love that series. Like a whopping ten dollars, and it kind of relies heavily on the old like a uh, the d20 system of D&D mm -hmm. so it's it's a fun little game it's not graphically amazing but it, it's fun so it's far it's also pretty yeah um old yeah well it's i'm fine in terms that. of video game standards oh it's definitely old. um what do I have? It like I have Transcendent Kingdom, but I also realize that depending on our, our rehearsal shift, yep. I might not be able to go. So I'm debating: Am I even going to start reading it, or could I just because I can't be there to talk about it? Should I just move on to like I have Interior Chinatown that uh, was a book I was given to um, for Christmas, oh. and um, I need to finish Have Mercy. Finally, I'm about two thirds of the way through that. I read a few pages every but, night before admittedly, bed. Admittedly, as much as I also will probably have rehearsal that night and cannot attend staff book club. Yeah. I genuinely enjoyed the book that I picked. I, I do recommend getting to it when you get the chance. It, it, yeah, it, it'll probably be on my list, but it's it'll next be shifted next, around next to. Next month. Too bright to see by Kyle Lukoff. Because I chose it. Okay. However, as know. we are talking about book discussions, um, some we books? weeks, months yeah, ago, I can't remember when, Tony suggested we all read a book. Yes. What book did you suggest we read? Um, a Good Kind of Trouble by Lisa Moore-Ramey. It's a middle grade novel, which means it happens in a middle school. <laughs> to the middle grades. To surprise, the, surprise. Yes, right. Yes. Wow. Um, to, I, what, should I tell everyone what? Give them like a basic uh, summary. Okay, so Some, yeah, it's um about our narrator Shay, 
who is in sixth grade, and it pretty much tracks her through her sixth grade school yeah. year. Um, and over the course of her sixth grade year, various things are happening. Crushes, um, friendships that are having difficulties for the first time. Growing pains. Yeah. Um, yes, growing pains. Um, a Black Lives Matter series of protests because of a trial that's happening in town. Um, and family drama. <laughs> All at the same time. Kind of slight sorta. family drama. Less, like, related more to the Black Lives Matter protests yes. than any, like, deep-seated family Yes, issues. and in the midst of it all, Shay has to really, like, sort of figure out what does she really think or feel about any and all of it. Yeah, or um, what is, you know, the things that she has always thought would be true are kind of turning out to not be, but can yeah. she A good like, selling you know, point. What does that... Which is very like, important. Yeah, an interesting worry. selling point, and like some of the synopsis when you read them, like on Goodreads or like I think on Amazon, mm-hmm. is she is a self-professed allergic to trouble kind of girl. Yeah. Yes. Who has to find has what is made. worth getting in, getting into a little bit of trouble for. Yes, exactly. And yeah. I thought that or was even that again, like sort of again, as the title heavily implies, that not all trouble is necessarily bad and scary and life-ruining kind of situations. The title really, like, once you've read the book, the title takes me immediately to that scene where Principal Tracks! <laughs> First of all, so I listened to the audiobook, which is fantastic. Imani Parks yeah. represents... So good. Wonderful. Um, she's wonderful. And the thing that I love the most about being the human being that's me is that as soon as I heard the name Principal Trask, I was like, first of all, Lisa Morimé, props. Because you are definitely an X-Men fan. Because you named that principal exactly as you should have named her. If you know anything about X-Men, you know that Trask is that guy. Trask Boulevard, uh, right? Yeah. Is like, he he's the, slash. He's, he's like a, he's trying the, to get rid of the mute. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, like in a very specific, like he's the one, he's the inventor of the Sentinels, mm-hmm. the Sentinel program. So if you take that fully, that's who Principal Trask is really supposed to be. So that Easter egg that I had no idea existed. I as soon as I heard her name, I was like, is this? Mm -hmm. And then every plot development with Principal Trask after that, I was like, rude, Lisa, rude. But also Okay, so anyway, the title takes me right to that scene. Where when Principal Trask is like hunting down students. To, is it the one where to, she's in front of the school? I'm sorry. It's one of those scenes. Yeah, that one. And the mother's about to drive up. And the one where she's yeah. like hunting down students with a pair of scissors. Mm. Yeah. And I was just like, see. It's not as violent as it sounds. And she's not murdering. No, right. But see, it was one of those moments that I, you know, being the middle schooler that I was, was like, see. I'm so glad teachers didn't pull this when I was in middle school because I was the kind of middle schooler to fight people. Like, there was no such thing as good or bad trouble. There was only trouble. And it was me. So, if that, the, the, this book made me feel things. That's all I'm going to say. Lots of things. Lots of things. I don't know if we felt the same things, but I do agree. Uh, I, there was a lot of rage happening at various points. Yeah. <laughs> for different reasons. So, anyway, 
that was my experience of reading. You know, one of my experiences reading this was uh, yeah, different different lifestyles from say like the nieces within my own family, mm-hmm. but like reading this, I felt like I was talking to one of my nieces when they were like 11, 12, 13. Yeah, so I got very uh, like well articulated. Yeah, like it it, it felt. I mean, of course, and that's a that's a question I have for us all to talk about. Was it genuine? Did Lisa capture the pre-adolescent? Experience well, because like as I'm reading, as a 41 year old man, I'm thinking, man, this reminds, this is making me happy, like almost giddy happy, thinking about my nieces and nephews, at respectively, you know, oh, this is similar make, ages. It did make me happy about the well, adolescent experience because I was like, but like oh. the tone, the tone, like yes, yeah, that it didn't lens. feel like an adult who hasn't talked to a child in 20 years trying to write a child. Yeah, yeah. it felt like somebody who because was really in touch with their child, going, "This is what I would say if I was 12." Than we care to admit. It does happen a lot. Um, I felt personally that she nailed the voice and that's what propels you through so much else that happens because you know a a good plot is a good plot and it's a solid plot yeah but you don't just there's a scene very 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 early on that that was like the tipping point where i was like oh i'm in love when shayla's in class and her teacher is doing that very classic like hmm white lady teacher thing to do, which is like, we're gonna learn about Ralph Waldo Emerson. Now, Ralph Waldo Emerson was an abolitionist, and da 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 and she's going on and on and on about the virtues of Ralph Waldo Emerson. He has many of them. I am a Ralph Waldo Emerson fan. I have been for a very long time. Let me be clear about that. However, she's going on and on and on about it, and there's, Shayla says, not to the teacher, but in her head to the audience, I wish I could abolish this conversation. And I was like, I'm here for you. Me, all day long, when I was your age. You're a 12 year old. I can That is you. literally like, how I felt in middle school. Like going yeah. through class, I'm like, obsessed. That was like a perfect thing. Like you get, you get, so used, a word gets used in your direction, you throw it back to the source so quick. Yeah. So it's like, yes. that was like a perfect example. That was great. Yeah. Yes. It was just a cute. I mean, so much of it was cute. Like, even some of the stuff that she had to deal with, she dealt with it in a really, really kind of... Yeah. There were other moments. Okay. Ladies. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Talk to me about the prom scene. Well, prom. Dance oh. sequence. Oh. Not just it's the been scene, a while. But the dance sequence. Like, where you're not feeling things. I've definitely felt... I never... Like, personally... I never had a lot of like awkward dance moments because I was always like, I'm here with my friends. We're always here with our friends. If they want to dance with their boyfriends, that's great. Like I never had any of like that interpersonal crash drama of my own to lead to some of those nice and awkward situations. (laughs) You never had a friend sabotage you and force a boy to kiss you on the dance floor? Uh, No, no, because I would have been in prison for murder. Right. I've never been to school. I've been to one. That makes me want to veer. Can we talk about Julia? Julia, right? Yes. Can we talk about Julia? Can we all talk about, can we, we don't talk about Julia? Can we talk about Julia? Let's talk about Julia. We don't talk. I, we don't talk about Julia. So, no, I've no, been talking. No. Talk to me about Julia, because I want to know what everyone else thinks, because I know what I think. I definitely feel like she was feeling some of the, oh, all my cool friends are doing this, so I had better do it exactly like them. Peer pressure. Peer pressure. Maybe even realizing in her own head that, yeah, some of what she's doing is wrong. But again, 
all pressure. of her cool friends are doing it this way, and she doesn't want to rock the boat. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a good kind of counterpoint to some of what Shay was experiencing with yeah. what I've forgotten her older sister's name. Hannah. 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 Is it, ha- it is Hannah. Yeah. Yes. H a n a. Yeah. But yes, Shay's older sister was telling her. It's super weird that you don't have any black friends. Mm-hmm. You are going to regret not having any black friends when you are older. Mm-hmm. None of these girls can understand what you personally are going through right now. Yeah. Rightly or wrongly. Yeah. We can circle back to that once I finish this sentence. Right. Yeah. But then with Julia, those were her Asian friends. Yes. Those were the people who look like her, who have had her experiences. Yeah. Who she wants to be close with. So it is yeah. that very hard line of like, as much as... I, you know, she was a terrible friend cool. to Shay and to mm-hmm. Isabella. Yes, at one point, mm-hmm. but it's a hard line to balance. Yes, yeah, I think that's my favorite. Probably my favorite moment in the entire book is that fight that the three of them have out. Like when, like it's they've been going at it sort of weirdly for weeks after that dance. And so finally Shayla and Izzy are at lunch and just can't take it anymore. And they grab Julia and they go out to wherever at school grounds and they're just fighting it out. And I was like, first of all, props again to Lisa for pulling that off because this feels like a real fight. I'm taking sides, okay? This is awesome. But also that's how it is when you are having a friend fight. Like you just will stand there for however long it takes. You will be late to class. You will be late to work. You will, like, it's time to fight because I cannot take this anymore. Yeah. And I also really appreciated, like, that she didn't shy away from the racial implications of three girls of very different non-white races talking about race. Yes. Um, I thought some of that, like, was really well, yeah. excellently done. Yeah, mm-hmm. and each character had their own, like, their own not just nationhood, but their own personhood that they brought to the table. So Izzy was the girl that wasn't going to say much when Shay and Julia were going at it because Shay and Julia are just bigger personality types. Yes. But when it came down to it, Izzy was very honest with Shayla about, like, well, you guys don't ever ask me about my life either outside of being... And you kind of assume that I am going to react a certain way and I am coming to the realization that, like, I'm stronger than you give me credit for. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. (sighs) And then I think some of Julia's stuff, too, about, like, I get told all the time, as an Asian girl, I should not be doing the blue streaks in my hair. I should not be being loud. I should not be playing basketball. I should Mm -hmm. not be doing these things that I like to do. Mm -hmm. That, of course, Shay and Isabella have never had to think about. And there's even a little bit of that conversation, because right now there's some media <laughs> outcry of Miss Aquafina for her oh, historic mm-hmm. black scent. There is a huge, and this is something that a lot of people don't really know, but there's a lot of, there's a huge overlap between um, Asian and black communities. Yeah. And... Particularly in California. Yeah, in Ju- like the LA. Yeah, and Julia like is one of those girls who that's that's a conversation that Julia and Shayla end up having that's important to what's going on in the book other than just their friendship problems because Shayla's like you are not actually black you do not actually know what it feels like to see your people go on trial and for the person who shot that person to be proclaimed innocent like there's a whole layer to this that you don't get 
just because you play basketball and listen to rap music. Like, yeah. sorry. And also just like, you know? what was, I forget which slang word she was not using correctly, but when she tried to drop, I don't know, ratchet, what was it? Um, yeah, oh, yes. Mm. <laughs> yeah. There's a whole... But like when yeah. Julia was trying to use one of the slang words and even I went, I don't think that's how you use that. And then Shay dropped, that's not how you use that. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it's, it is one of those like, you know, that conversation just was one of those things where it's like, each of these girls has a very different um, life outside of what they live together. And part of what drew them to one another, I would imagine, is that they don't have to talk about those things with each other. They don't have to be the Asian girl, the black girl, yeah. and the Latin girl. And I think it's even you know implied in the text, too, that like at the elementary school that they went to, they were kind of the only people of color, yeah. at least in their specific like classes that they were assigned yes, to. Yes. Like, yes, they knew a couple other black people around. They knew a couple of other Asian people around. Mm -hmm. But they were always the ones who always ended up together. So, yeah. of course, they ended up kind of bonding that way. Yeah. And right. then, you know, when you're six, you don't necessarily realize that the way this person experiences the world is different. But when you're turning 12 and 13 and 16, mm -hmm. some of that starts clicking a little more into the focus for you. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. United Nations, man. United well, Nations. Even, things, even things that I love the differences in the way that the crushes were approached because, you know... Izzy is beautiful, and her mother, um, in a you know a traditional Latinx um, household. I remember my <laughs> everyone's gonna laugh when they hear this sentence, but it's fine. I remember my very first ex-girlfriend said to me that her grandmother was angry that she was 18 years old and unmarried. Okay. Because her grandmother and her Mexican father were very traditional, um, and were like what do you mean you're 18 and you're not married? We don't understand this. Like, sure, you can go to college, but where's your husband? Um, you know, and so carrying that into Isabella's, you know, understanding who Isabella is at 12, she's seen by Shayla even as beautiful, as more beautiful than anyone else. And Isabella's mom treats her that way. Isabella's mom's just like, remember, you are a lady and you are beautiful and you are like yeah. sort of over-centralizing her and Isabella's just very uncomfortable about and Isabella's it. Isabella's like, I'm wearing a baggy t-shirt and jeans. What are you talking about? Yeah. Where I Shayla, am 12. I am literally a child. Yeah, where Shayla is like, listen, honey, every black girl has had this struggle with they mama, okay? Where mom is like, nah, Take that lipstick off your off your mouth. Take that makeup See, off your face. That's the one like, like <laughs> quintessential feminine struggle that I never like. I never faced that. So that's always like I know it happens, but that's always yeah. one that like blows right by me every time in yeah. fiction. It was so hard to listen to those scenes because I remember my aunts saying that to their daughters. I remember their daughters like losing their minds or hopping in the car and be like go 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 and getting like around the corner so that mama couldn't see you and just applying makeup real quick before you get or in. Or changing place. your clothes. Oh yeah, oh yes. Okay, like every, all oh, of yeah. that was no, I so started, like, okay. I think my, when my mom started seeing me apply my own stage makeup at like age eight, we kind of lost that fight where you can't wear <laughs> lipstick to school anymore. Fair. I yeah. looked like a hooker. <laughs> oh my. Yeah, they that's usually it. how it goes when you have yeah. to wear stage makeup at age eight. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. Especially because for the Nutcracker, at least when I was a kid and like when we were first started doing it, we were using like the literal like grease paint stick foundation <gasps> at like age seven. Oh, so, yeah. I bet that looked pretty, pretty I garish. I like age eight. Trollop. <laughs> <laughs> 
there's I can remember to this day there is a chart of how we had to do our eye makeup, like a diagram of how to apply it. Can we get a can we get a picture? I can probably picture it didn't happen. You don't need, <laughs> She's actually gonna fight. If you don't have to show it now, but I definitely want to see this. I'm weak. Um Really quick question. Yes. Did you start it, finish it? What, what's your... I got partway through it, um, but... It's a big book. School kind of ran me ragged for the past couple weeks, but um, from what I remember, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, I remember reading some summaries afterwards so I could get, like, that ending experience without really, like, yeah. reading the rest of it because, like, you know, we were doing this. Um, and I... With the arm thing... Um, I was Wait, the arm. Oh, oh, oh. I was really- <laughs> we all <laughs> had our arm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, me being the history nerd that I am, um, totally immediately mm. grasped and cradled and went, ah, at the historical context of kind of what was going on. Well, the costume um, choice, and yeah. she got shot down. That was uh, uh, kind of oh the costume to all oh. right right oh. and like I the, there's yeah. the whole section oh wait no it, it, have you finished I, wait I didn't finish it but are you talking about the scene where she said like like you're glorifying a violent yeah okay yeah oh and wow. like I was really in the internal di- it, it, it monologue she was having like I wanted her to be like nah. I don't think I will. But like, just, yeah, I my, wanted Shayla to be me, and I was like, I realize this girl is not me, and maybe it's a good thing because the book would have ended right here. <laughs> like the principal's like going at it and like snipping him off, and I, I'm sitting there just going, "You legally can't do that." Oh, but listen, but listen, let me like, tell you. Let her. me tell no, you. but yes, they can. Like that was the thing. One of the things that like that is so incredible about the book is that. You know, we live in the country that is currently doing everything that it can in every state that it can ban a book because there's a gay character in it or a trans character in it or, or it's black, teaching critical, you know, critical race theory. You know, this is one of those books that, <laughs> you know, that is that. primed to be banned because of that very thing. And yeah. the sad truth of it, of the matter is, if you are sh- a, a character like Shayla, if you're not me, you know, the mouth of the South that's going to really have a problem and Ooh. almost get expelled because, you know, the teacher decided they were going to touch you, like let alone with a pair of scissors. Um, what? The mouth of the South. That's your, my, that, that's my, your official. My mother's been calling me that since I was, you know. See, that's when you just Six. have kids. <laughs> if this happens to you, you just throw down the uh, 1969 Tinker versus Des Moines but thing. No, but no, and right. like, Look, but you can't do that. But legitimately, if you are not, if you are, I think this is what makes Shayla's being the narrator so powerful. If you're not Tony, <laughs> um, and you're the kind of kid that just takes it, and you don't tell your mother, and you don't tell your sister, and you don't, because you don't think that anyone's gonna care, or you don't, you know, everyone's gonna be a grown-up about it, which means that they're not gonna care, or they're gonna side with Principal Trask because maybe you weren't doing the right thing, or you're just sort of not quite sure-footed enough (laughs) to make a stink about it, because you're 12, I think, you know, grown-ups get away with doing horrible things to children all the time. Let me say, it is a horrible thing to look a child in the face and say, what you are wearing disgusts me. That is a horrible, traumatic thing. I don't care if you don't like what the child is wearing. Your teeth should be slapped out your mouth for saying that to a child. And I don't say that lightly. Like, that is a not, that is a traumatic thing to put a child through. 
regardless of the reasons that you do it. So, I like that was one of those moments in the book that I was just like, like so angry. I could not like I was foaming yeah. at the mouth, and I'm like, I know this is fiction, but it's not fiction. Like this is real. Like this happens in schools all the time, and it's horrifying um, to know that we live in a country that is, you know experiencing these kinds of challenges on the daily basis. It was really wild though cuz the only reason that I actually picked up on the like like I realized they're two completely separate like dealings of why they're wearing the armbands in the first place. Yeah, right. But the reason that I even picked up on like the historical like connection Oh, sure. between the two like that case and like what's going on in the book and like mm-hmm. real world historical things yeah. is the color of the armband in general. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Both the historical thing and the book, they're both wearing the exact same color. Mm-hmm. And the, both the exact same thing happened in both cases. And mm-hmm. so my brain was like, that, <laughs> that right there. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's. Which, you know, made ah. me rage even harder, but that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a hard. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't get me started. I mean, you already did. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been triggered <laughs> since, like, what? Hootie who? Um, <laughs> you really have. <laughs> this book, that, that, that's the No, book. it's good. Yeah. It's the good, though. The book does that. Like, it, it's, a, it's so well written, and it really pumps all of those emotions into the reader because you root for Shayla very early on. Yeah. And for someone to do something, even her mom. Like, when her mom is like, girl, what have I told you about the makeup? The adult in me is like... Here we go. She's not wrong. Maybe she should have worded it differently, but she's not being mean, so I get it. But the like the person that is always 12 in me is like, mama, really? Like, I just, ah, you know, I want Shayla to be able to be Shayla without her mom just, like, perching on, you know. Or again, this is, I realize I said this earlier, and I'm basically just repeating myself. Yeah. I don't get the fixation about, like, you're 12, you can't wear mascara. I'm like... What is it going to do if they are wearing right. blue mascara? Right. It's going to look terrible in photos in 10 years. <laughs> yeah. But, like, it's... I think makeup culture in general yeah. is very weird, and I mm-hmm. fully admit that. Like, when you watch people who are out there putting an entire new face on top of their face, I'm like, okay, this is getting wild. But I think, I but, think from a parent perspective, but, there's sexualization to it. But that's the the problem. That is yeah. that is very much the problem yeah. because you know if someone thinks my pink lipstick is my natural lip color, that is a them problem. But even if they do, even if yeah. they do, do I'm sorry. There's a point at which you look at that child and go, "It's a child. Yeah. They're a child. Nothing that this child does yeah. is in any way sexual or over sexual." Because guess what? Use a child. Like I don't understand this. Or like again, there is no sexual co- like there should not be any sexual connotation of like I'm wearing red lipstick, so obviously that means I'm open to invitations. I remember like in this. high school, at my high school, there was a whole we had a uh, <laughs> whole thing. We had a staff member oh, no. love her to death, but when she said this, my jaw fell to hell. Like, literally, that's how far it fell. I was like, ma'am, really? She explained to other staff, because the other staff didn't care, and she was about to have a stroke, because why are all these girls in the cafeteria with sweatpants and pajama pants on? She was losing her mind. There was nothing in the policy about it, which I swiftly reminded her of, because I had the policy memorized, because I was 
that person. Of course he did, yes. Um, they said, read the policy before you attend school, so I read the policy. <laughs> and I called her on it. Anyway, she said to these other staff members who were male-aligned, because they were like, what's the big deal? And she's like, well, think about when you were 16. Wouldn't you just love to see a nice pair of pants snug on your favorite gal pal? And I was just like, that's the we're whole... over-sexualizing pajama pants? Like, I do not under... Does her butt look good in them? Sure, but so does mine. Are you going to tell me I can't wear sweatpants in the... Yeah, or I that's girl. the shoulder or argument. It's such, yeah. Yeah, it's such a weird line, too, between, like... Is it my knees? If she's wearing... <laughs> okay, but if she's wearing pajama pants in the dining hall, that's overly sexual. But when she's wearing skinny jeans to math class, that's fine. Like, Thank what? You. literally, what is the difference? Yeah. Or, like, we had a whole argument about flip-flops at one point because they were like, you can't wear flip-flops because toes. And we were like, What is it? So... My feet distract the boys? Yeah. And literally all of us were like, none of us find toes sexy. That's your problem. And they were like, really? And you could see the disconnect between, like, grown-ups who had fully-fledged sex lives and teenagers going, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. It was a whole moment. Anyway. But I, back did, to the book. Yeah. I've just never understood the whole... Don't you you can't wear lip gloss. I'm like, oh my god, it's clear lip gloss. It's one step up from Vaseline. What is it gonna do? <laughs> right. That's true. If you think I'm gonna attract anyone with that, it's still gonna happen even if I'm not wearing it. I don't know yeah, what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Like, and I'm sorry, your child is growing up and developing hormones. More likely than not, it they happens. are going to find someone attractive. Regardless of whether that person has a zit on their forehead or a perfect cat eye eyeliner thing happening right well, now. Well, and of course, as the trans person, I couldn't help but think about how much of a cis problem this really is. Because, you know, if your child transitions, at, you know, they're assigned male at birth and they transition as a child, what are you going to tell your trans daughter? Like, don't, don't put that makeup on your face because it makes you, what, too girly? you're skirting the line of transphobia there. Like, I mean, there's a... Yeah. So then why is it okay to tell your sister daughter that? I mean, yeah. let's get real here. I mean, you know, I mean, just, that's... Yeah. I, it really, I mean, this yeah. is this is why these conversations I make even grown-ups uncomfortable. I understand if your child has gone a little heavy on the product, but that's when we talk about, this is a makeup wipe. Yeah, right. Tone like, it down. Teach her how to use because the makeup. Because you look like a circus clown. Yeah, right. <laughs> Take it back a little bit, right. and we can talk. Yes, yes. But I can was, see you from like ten but, miles away. Maybe we should yeah. make it talk. And but then there are those too. people. But the, but the, but then there are those people who like you know go out of their way to pierce their baby daughter's ears, and it's like, does she want her ears pierced? Does she want to wear earrings? Like, calm down, ma'am. Like, it's almost like there's an issue between children and consent. Yes. Don't get me started. Actually, this book tackles consent a couple different ways. Yes! Let's yes. talk about yes. command. I mean, not just the kiss thing. That game is... But, is really quick. Total nonsense I can see. But Do you remember like, having dumb like, games like that as a kid? Always. Cooties? Making you angry. Yeah. Cooties you. was a big... T yeah. Yeah. It was ridiculous. But, like, that, that's what um, my notes wrote down. That was one of the things I wanted hey, to talk about. Hey, Top topics. But. Hey, I just lost the game. <laughs> what game? <laughs> Oh, that game. Oh. This is the point of the show at which we are reminded that Aaron and Jen are actually a part of the internet age and the rest of us just use it this for This was email. high school. 
Not for me, it wasn't. It was for me. Clearly, it was for Aaron. It clearly, was for Aaron. With literally, DJ gone out the door. Is that where you try not to think of the game? And then yes, when you think about the game. Oh, oh. What's the game? You already lost. You just lost. Yes, I. I don't know either. I'm too old for this. There's a right, similar right, thing right. where you can't think about Jackie Chan. I, 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 it was a very. Ten years. <laughs> <laughs> Ten years. It's okay. The podcasters listening also lost. It's to okay. circle it all the way back. The rules, to the the rules of the board. game is if you think about it, you lose. You lost the game. Yes. And you have to say out loud, "I've lost the game." The thing I didn't. So love everyone else around you also was lose. that. And I, again, they're all middle schoolers, so I have to remind myself that they are stupid just because they don't know things. Yeah, sure. Not because they are incapable of learning, but sure. because they are little children who don't know things yet. Yes, yes. But yeah. that no one seemed to think it was a problem that Shayla got kissed against her consent. Well, that she straight up, she did say, yeah. I'm not playing this game. I don't want, like, not a full no, don't touch me, but there was definite, like, reticence about doing this. Yeah. And I think it was not yes. enthusiastic consent. But I think that's one of those things that's established very early in the book in that very first scene in which Shayla is hearing about Ralph Waldo Emerson because the school that they go to is Emerson Middle School. Yeah. <laughs> and so the you know the teacher's not just randomly telling them about Ralph Waldo Emerson, you know, it's one of those things that's they keep part coming of back the school to culture. Yes. Yeah. And what I think is established early on in the book is that this is a class full of students who have not yet had those particular cultural encounters that we are very used to middle schoolers talking about now. Like, real middle schoolers today will call you on it real fast. Like, they'll be like, uh-uh, there's no such thing as gender, knock it off, and like, keep going. And you're just like, oh, okay, dang, 12-year-olds, calm down, you know? But in the book, I think it's, you know, like I said, it's established really early that they are not those kinds of middle schoolers, because yes. Shayla's very much thinking like, I don't like how much this teacher is praising this white dude for being, I don't know, forward thinking. But she's always filtering it through what her father told her or what her mom mentioned one time mm-hmm. or what yeah. her sister would think of this conversation. She hasn't internalized it yet. Yeah. Which of course is the whole journey of the book. So I think the one of the whole consent plot line fits within that window, but it's so much more personal to her because she actually has a crush on, you know, this boy and and it's the line is crossed but she feels guilty in some sense because she's like well I do like him I think right like how do I she's still figuring out how she feels and that's why I loved that scene with her um gym coach mm-hmm. um, because you know woman to young woman her mom's not gonna have that conversation with her her mom's still hunting her down for makeup so like she needed an older woman who's yeah, it's not that you just need that sort of different, like, there are, not that you shouldn't yeah. be able to go to your mother about that yes, ultimately, right. but sometimes you need that sort of farther out perspective. Yeah, and I think it was it was nice because she was able to say to her, you know, the game is problematic anyway, but no matter what, no one should ever touch you without your consent, let alone kiss you. Like, that is never okay. And you have a right to say something about that. You have a right to feel what you're feeling about that. And, like, I don't... It's not that it wouldn't have arrived any other kind of way, but I think having an adult say that to Shayla, as opposed to the other kids, gave it... And also, especially, again, like, that adult who has that sort of more mentor 
mm-hmm. relationship with her and not her mother or her father or her sister because I feel like that would have just like mm-hmm. it wouldn't have had the same impact due yeah. to the different nature of their relationships. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I, I do I hear your point about how like we we know those middle schoolers that just would kneecap you if yeah like that is not going to happen <laughs> on their watch kind of thing. Um, so anyway. Yeah. Yeah, and it, like it, you know, I understand why it played out the way it did mm-hmm. in the book, but for me, I was just uncomfortable. I was like, I don't love this less than consensual moment here. Yeah, it was horrible. I mean, it, yeah. it was really, really. I mean, from jump, it's not even just that he kissed her without her consent. It was the whole thing. The fact that it was clearly set up. The fact that that game, as problematic mm-hmm. as it already is, was a part of it. The fact that she's already struggling to feel comfortable because she's wearing makeup and she knows her mom is going to have a problem with it and there's a sleepover but she's having really big problems with her friends like the whole dance sequence is painful for yeah. many reasons and the consent thing is just like the like icing on cake yeah like the, the like the worst icing it's not even good ever. icing it's yeah. like really badly made icing yeah oof yeah mm. I mean yeah. the writing too but like yeah. what I'm saying is like just no, no, taste yeah. it no, yeah. yes. icing tastes horrible yeah. throw the whole icing out yeah yes. right yeah 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 it's, yes yeah. true What's on your What's on your list? Yes, yeah, so you have more questions. Oh, actually, we started going through. In the course of it, we've answered almost everything everyone like oh, all right. put down. Oh, yeah. I mean, really quick recap. Oh, okay. Hold on. Let me circle. Then I because I the pre accident shit. I threw something out there before, and so we can circle back to yeah. this now. Yeah. How did we feel about Shay's sister's insistence that she needed more black friends? That like almost like a single-minded dedication. I think. <laughs> I think I kind of got. Because, like, what I, under- I did understand her meaning behind it. I, yeah. And, like, I don't think she was wrong. But I did feel like it was also, like, almost a very weird thing to, like, hyper-focus on in Shay's life. But have you ever had, like, did, obviously I can't relate from the the racial kind of tone of that conversation, but for older siblings, and they would lay down the law of how they see it fit, and it, maybe their intent is good. Like, maybe the sister's intent was good. She wanted Shay to have a more ethnically comparable experience through, like, what Julie is experiencing with her friends yeah. that yes. she's known for years. Do you feel some of that connection? Like, I, So, like, yeah, I get, absolutely. I get like, what the sister was going for, but... Mm-hmm. Um, but also, she's only 16, so, of yeah, course, she's but, not exactly going to be much better about going at it than But it Shay's almost came across as slightly, her. like, judgmental, like, like, you need to be friends with these people versus these people. Like, oh, that's sure. not the because, message you yes. need to send. Right. But, but, you you, do, know, you need to have these friends and these friends. Yeah, but she's a high school senior. Yeah, because she but, knows everything. Yeah. She's going to say it. In, and she's the older sibling. Yeah. So she's going to say it in ways that just are not couth. Yeah. Um, but yeah. then there's that scene with her mom's book club where, you know, she obviously knows these ladies and she has great conversations with them and she can see why her mom is friends with these other women, but to her, she's not seeing, like, it's almost like she's noticing that all of her mom's friends are black for the first time. Yeah. Despite her mom's friends being the kinds of friends who are just like, oh, girl, I don't know about that white man in that school. Now, like, they're the kinds of women who would just say that, but Shayla's never realized, like, oh, all of my mom's friends are black women. Oh, and that that, like, has a value. Yeah. To it in and of itself. Or at least that all of, you know, your mom's close friends who you see at the house do yeah. you know. Yes, yeah. precisely. There, you know, for me, that 
you know, Hannah's. I was literally like listening to Hannah going, yep, preach. Like, because as someone who has a lot of. <laughs> you have a lot of black friends? I don't. Um, <laughs> but when I was in high school, I had a circle of. It was entirely black. We had a table. And it was very specifically, it was called the black table. And when everyone would be like, oh yeah, that's the black table. We're like, put some respect on it. Like, (laughs) we were not afraid. We had a fearlessness about us because we were able to be together, even if the lunch table was the only time that we were able to do that. And the reason that that was necessary for us is because we were in a school, very much like Emerson Middle School, that had everyone you could possibly imagine. I mean, we had a girl from Mexico who had never seen snow before. So the day that it snowed, she was literally like, literally as if candy was falling from the sky. She was losing her mind. Someone threw a a snowball at her, hit her right in the face, and she giggled like a two-year-old. Like, she was just like, oh my God! Yeah, it was amazing to experience. She got over that real quick. I'm sure. We had, you know, a white South African whose experience of race was very different. <laughs> you don't say. And then everybody else's, um, um, which clashed very hilariously with the girl from Kenya. Uh, <laughs> you also don't say. So it was, a, it, we had a very like interesting school makeup in that way. So having, and we weren't the only group that did this, the, the Latinx group that was like two tables down, they had the exact same thing. Like we had, they needed a table at which they could speak Spanish. Yeah. And no one was going to say, well, why are you doing that? It's like, well, we're not asking you why that table smells like Abercrombie and Fitch from all the way across the yeah. table. Like, yeah. you or know. Like, explain the joke. I didn't, you know. Can you repeat that for me in English? Like, yes. We had a whole, and there was a there was an understanding. If you were to approach the table, we weren't going to say no, but put some respect on it. Otherwise, you could leave. Like... It was an essential cornerstone of my high school experience that I don't feel the need to have any longer. But my best friend is a black woman for obvious purposeful reasons. I mean, because we love each other really well, along yes. really well. I would hope so. However, there are things, there are whole conversations that she and I can have with one another that we need to have with one another. That even her husband, like, you know, there are moments where he's just like, okay, goodbye. Because they're just things that you have to eat. And I think everybody has that to some degree, but not everybody has to talk about it so much. Yeah. You know what I mean? If yeah, you've ever even, been, I liked the bit where her mom was also saying like, "I have my book club friends who feel like sisters" or whatever, like metaphor she was using to say it. Yeah. But I've also met this new lady at the gym who I go running with yeah. her or whatever, yeah. and she has that same feeling that I have always felt with my friends. And yeah. she's like, "Why is that weird?" And mom's like, "Well, she's white." Yeah, and like I mean, and queer people know this. I mean, implicitly we know this. Like. If you've ever, like, gone from a less queer space to a fully queer space, you're, the joy that you feel in your body is so intense. Like, it's just like, oh, oh my God. Like, it's, it's undescribable because that's what community feels like. And yeah. there are some people who don't have this problem. Um, not problem. Problem? Is it a problem? I don't know. There are people who just don't have that experience. Like, they, they, I don't know if anyone's always comfortable, but there are people who enter spaces in which they are fully um, actualized all the time. Um, 
I don't know what it's like to be one of those people. So I'm making that up off the top of my head. (laughs) Write me a letter, people. I want to know what that feels like, because that's foreign to me. Um, But yeah, I felt that that was an unnecessary, obviously a necessary component because of the plot and everything. But that vibed with me really, really well. I was like, oh yeah, this was written by a black woman. Like, I know what that feels like. And I liked Shay's insistence that she didn't want to give up on her two true best friends who turned out to be yes. two true best friends. Yeah. I liked Hannah's well-made point yeah. that, again, she beat badly because she's a high school senior and doesn't know how to talk about these things yet. Yeah. <laughs> but she was not wrong. And then yeah. I liked her mom kind of ultimately being the middle point of that, which is like, yes, there is that a valuable sense of community that you mm-hmm. get by hanging out with black people if you're a black person, Asian people if you're an Asian person, whatever, mm-hmm. that you don't get in mixed-race friendships necessarily, mm-hmm. but that that doesn't mean you can't have meaningful relationships of people with people of another race and other sexuality. And cetera, there are correlations that we all know that have nothing to do with, like, the obvious personal identities that we may express. Um, theater kids, you know, <laughs> who's ever done a show or a year's worth of shows, suddenly it's like, if I'm not around theater people regularly, I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, you yeah, do. Like you just get your shorthand. Yeah, but. you walk into a rehearsal, like, literally the very first rehearsal after uh, COVID, <laughs> Xavier, I'm calling you out if you're listening, or <laughs> you're, you're whatever. Tagging. Xavier walks into rehearsal oh. and, like, immediate tears and although I was not crying, I vibed with that. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a special. And, but, I I vibe st- with that. but I started crying like 15 minutes later when Betsy's like running over like the first song. It's Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dream Club. We all knew it. But she's like, all right, I just want to hear what you sound like. Everyone started singing, and I was just sitting in the back calmly like weeping. I was just like, oh my God, <laughs> musicians. Like, it's a thing that you feel if you have a community of pe- nerds. If I'm not sitting at yeah. the table with the people who are playing on their Nintendo DSs and also playing my Nintendo DS, am I really feeling a vibe right now? Uh, Absolutely yeah. D&D, not. D&D, D&D, Andy and I were talking yesterday about how like one of the most special things about going to see either a Marvel or a DC movie or a Star Wars movie, which we won't be getting any, about, that's the point. Any movie that really has a fan But yes, like yeah. our, the Harry, like yeah. the last yeah. Harry Potter movie. <laughs> oh, I was I in there vibing. I started on. crying before because everyone kept showing up in costumes. The the, the theater mm-hmm. um, the theater employees did a Potter Puppet Pals reenactment. Good. Except that Excellent. they were, yes. And Excellent. like, we were all screaming and crying yeah. at the same time. See, it was <laughs> See me at the Glee live tour. <laughs> exactly. Watching a very Potter musical. Which it, it's not quite the same, but if you want that kind of vibe, go to a good Comic Con sometimes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Because it's almost yes. overwhelming. It is overwhelming. Anime Motor City Comic Con. Any of those? Yeah. Motor City Comic Con. Chewbacca like about rolled me over. Did I stop him? Absolutely not. I was like, run me over, Chewbacca. I mean, like, it was a thing. Um, My favorite vibe type thing, especially at an anime convention, is sometimes people like have those little like. It's those little, like, pianos that you can put your, like, that, like, you can also, like, blow into. Oh, it makes noise. yeah. Yeah, yeah, One yeah. of those. Or, like, they have, like, something Is like that. It's Ocarina, isn't it? No. It's not an Ocarina. No. Never mind. I don't know. But something completely different. Um, All the musicians are like, well, we know which community I know you're not a part I know of. it's completely different. I think it's starts with an H, and I don't exactly okay. remember what okay. it's called. It's 556. Yeah. So we should. I want us to do a smack, and I don't know if we got I don't one. have one. So I just now thought you've I... told everybody what time we record the pot. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh no, it's not at 5:17 a.m. when it goes live every Monday. We're not doing this live. <laughs> okay, what's your smack? Because I really want to know. Jane, serious Remus, go. 
Marrying Remus. Sorry. Interesting. Explain. For me? Yeah. The vibe you is know who there. they are, right? No, I vibe hard. I vibe hard hard with Remus, and he thinks that anything that you have can be fixed with chocolate. And if you really think about it, technically, because he was like one of the smartest ones of the Marauders. Yeah. He's kind of one of those masterminds behind all the different pranks. He's a great wizard. Um, And if you want to get in trouble, you go to Remus because he's definitely the one that's going to get you out of it. Well, yes, but that's because Sirius is an Azkaban. (laughs) No, but like, think about it. (laughs) He can be more level-headed. Yeah, that's true. Well, think more level-headed, but like, also, he was what, like, a prefect at some point? Like, he was like one of those like teachery type things. You you don't want to get in trouble. Are you You telling me that your type is like the rogue teacher who turns into a werewolf at night? Absolutely yeah, not. She's like two a T. Yeah, that's that's so you. <laughs> Absolutely um, not. Technically, it's actually serious, but you know, if I have to really think about it, I'm marrying Ramus. <laughs> okay, so are you going for a roll in the hay with Sirius, or yeah. a roll in the yeah. Shrieking Shack with? And, and I, I, I can't, I can't separate. Wow, me. Shrieking Shack suddenly has a very different connotation playing this game. Carry on. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I can't split up Lily and James, and plus we kind of like Harry, so therefore, you know, I'm sorry, James. Uh, you know, that's. Valid. I have a. All right. First I would, of all, I would snog. I, I just got the other. I would snog Remus just because I want to get some of the after flavor of Tonks. What? Oh, gross! <laughs> oh, God! I just don't even know how. To, oh, oh! This is a can of worms I did not expect to open. Uh, me neither. Okay. First of all, listen. Wait. Oh, God. But okay. if you marry serious, though, you get all the money. So I mean... I'm all about serious black. Thank you. Just because I want to fight with his mother. <laughs> Um, you but, what you no, but you could just also, go in there and fight with the portrait. But I also, you're right, exactly. <laughs> I also really love Sirius. Sirius says my favorite line in both book and movie of the entire series. I literally, like, every time I watch Order of the Phoenix, I tear up so bad when he looks at Harry and he says um, that line about um, light and dark. We both have light and oh, dark yeah, in, yeah. inside us. He says that to Harry and I just am like... Like, I just lose it. It it hurts. I don't know why. It just works. Well, I do know why, because that's the last time that Harry sees Sirius alive. Anyway. uh, (laughs) um, But I'm a big Sirius Black girl, so Sirius Black it is. Um, Homie, To marry. Remus, I would snog only because James... What's his middle name? I don't know if we ever got his middle name. James Potter is problematic AF. And the way that that relationship is written is a very, like, Lily saves James from being a jerk kind of thing. Lily should have never married Severus because it would have been the same situation, just worse. But do I think James deserved to get, like, punched in his face by Severus Snape? Yes. That would have been fair. Because. But then why don't Sirius and Remus deserve that? Technically, they should. Okay, maybe that's Remus fair. Because they were egg- you're right. Because Remus they were egging maybe them less so. That's but Sirius maybe less right so. We're going to let them fight, 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 fight. Dear listeners, yeah, we right. love you. That's we fair. have to go. Um, tune in next time. What are we talking about? Middle, Middle grade. grade fiction. Yeah. Oh, that'll woo, be woo, fun. Till next time. Peace music. Same bad time. Same bad time.